0: A Toxic Rancher, Thanksgiving Dinner, Spice, Waterbeds, A Lost Doll, and the Jets might not have their way tonight, this time on the Oscar should have gone to Top Tens of 2021.
1: And the Oscar goes to... And the Oscar goes to... and the oscar goes to um i am recording i'm also drinking matcha tea because we are out of like creamer for coffee and you know what's fucking disgusting in coffee is skim milk if you're drinking your coffee with skim milk Yikes upon yikes upon yikes. It's, just I had wa- it. it's basically water.
0: We went into uh, New York City and had dinner with Allie's dad on Christmas, and I had a cappuccino, and it's the first time I've had coffee since we were in Italy, because I just don't drink coffee, but I knew we were going to drive back, and I was like, I need some, I need some caffeine for this right. You know, That's hour right. and 45 minute or so drive back. How'd that go? Good. It was fine.
1: Yeah, was it a good ca- but was it a good cappuccino?
0: Yeah, we were at Morton's, so you know. Oh, so yeah, so yeah, yeah, it really was.
1: I don't. I'm one of those people that like. I don't need. This is a boring conversation, but I just want to say I do not need coffee. I yeah. Am, like it has an, almost no effect on me, but I do enjoy the ritual of it in the morning. But not with fucking skim milk. We have it because it's for cereal. You know what? I'm not gonna explain my milk choices to you. <laughs> you don't, need, don't to. need to. I don't need to explain my milk choices to you. I've been spending this whole week just straight up drinking creamer and watching movies.
0: Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. You know what? I think I'm going to do uh, what we should do with this episode is uh, we'll give a little nod to Maddie's, Maddie's podcast and we'll um, we'll just have been like talking um, instead of like greeting each other and then like we'll just be like, okay, let's start. That's a great idea.
1: That's a great idea. I hope you edit the you figuring this out out. You should edit this out.
0: No, no, no. It's going to be in there also. So he knows if he ever listens to it, that it's a little nod to him.
1: See, the difference is Maddie edits his podcast.
0: So. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. What's editing? Come on. Yeah
1: yeah, 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 yeah,
0: Hey, it's 2022.
1: Thank God. I feel really good about this. I watched uh, New Year's Eve um, content and drank a shit ton of champagne. And I was like, clock struck midnight. And I was like, this is it, buddy. Yep. This is your year. <laughs> this has got to and, Let's
0: I, let's run it. Let's run it back. Let's try again.
1: Try it back. Try it. Run it back. Try again.
0: Maybe this. Maybe this time we'll get it right. I was you know what? I, it
1: can't be worse, but it can. So I'm gonna knock knock on ye old dining table.
0: You know what I realized um, yesterday, Meg, um, is that uh, our episode with Anthony Armentano, 1956, mm-hmm. our last episode was our 100th episode of the podcast.
1: You are lying. You not, are a liar.
0: We didn't celebrate it. There was, no, fanfare. there was no grand fanfare about it. It actually... So if you go to iTunes, it says we've had 101 episodes, but... Because one
1: of those was you being like, there's not going to be an episode. Exactly. Because gonna up. Right. Mm-hmm.
0: And I mean, technically, a couple of them were like two-parter episodes that I think I just put out like day after. So you could quibble like some of those Oscar episodes where we split it into two parts, but... I'm not going to so, yeah.
1: I'm not going to welcome to
0: Welcome to our 101st episode.
1: Did you text Anthony that? I did. would like to hear that.
0: Right? Yeah. Well.
1: Feedback on him. You liked him, right?
0: Yeah, he was great. That's I listened like to things. part of his podcast. Um, the second to last episode of his podcast, I went back and uh, I listened to part of. You know, I, didn't, I didn't realize he had a movie podcast. You know, we should have had him on years ago. We didn't well, know him.
1: We didn't know him then. That's why.
0: But... Um
1: anyway, this is all super fun for the for everybody. listener. Yeah for
0: everybody. Well this is understand. like, so we're uh we're zooming forward to the to the now. We're gonna do we're zooming
1: you know, and we're zooming.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: That's a double um, meaning right there. That's mm-hmm.
0: right. It's January second. Um you are in Los Angeles, I'm in mm-hmm. Philadelphia. It's about the same temperature. It's like uh it's it's sixty one degrees here.
1: Wow. Almost like the planet is
0: Yeah, it is supposed to get very cold this coming week, though. Mm -hmm. So pass on that. Uh, But it's also been raining here. I know it's been raining a lot in Los Angeles. So it
1: it did. There was two days where I was like, "Is this the? Is this end times? Yeah, you know, the flood is coming." Um, It was nice though. Um, We're gonna do. We're going to talk about the movies of this year, but this is not our I want to make it clear that this is not our annual Oscar podcast. No, 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 no. Maddie Smith will be the guest of. Maddie
0: obviously. Smith will be back. We can't do that of course until we know who the nominees are. The Oscars are not until the end of March. So we've got some we've got some runway before that happens, but mm-hmm. we are going to do our top 10s. We have not we have not discussed. We have not sent our top 10s to each other. So, here's what I'm going to suggest when we jump into this is if We'll go from 10 to 1, of course. Okay. Let's say at number nine, I have one, I have a movie that you have as your number three. I think in the case of either of us, we should just say, okay, I have that higher on my list. And we'll then talk we'll about talk about it when, we, about we, get it when it. we get to it okay. when it's higher up.
1: Okay, I love that. I think that's great. I also want to put a disclaimer. You know, I, there's been a lot of movies, guys, and I had to go to yeah. Arizona to be with my in laws, yeah. and they didn't want to watch any of them. So it's, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm plowing through, but I've, there's a lot that I know that I have missed. Sure. I, cr- I crammed in watching the second half of The Card Counter last night. I'm trying real hard to get to a lot of these movies. But, you know, there's some that I'm not going to, and can we like, can we get back to Cyrano Watch real quick? So what is occurring with Cyrano? It is eligible for 2020, but they pushed it. To January so, release, why? so
0: I have a list of eight movies that I'm going to read off real quick that I feel like could like eventually elbow their way into the top ten for Craig's 2021 that I have not seen.
1: Craig, I'm worried that they why, why they pushed it. I know we talked about this last podcast, but I want to get back to it. Why did they push Cyrano? Why
0: so I it? think with some of them, it's because you know the the count the oscar year is a little later so it's like march i think like box office wise with a couple of these things they were like well we can do like a super limited like two theater run in new york or in it or you know one theater in la and it'll be eligible for the oscars and all the awards and then we'll put it out in january where hopefully maybe more people will come see it then i don't know exactly why but so okay. these movies So you don't think
1: it's because it's cuz cuz if you you know if you're a movie fan everybody knows January is where good movie I mean is where movies go to where they push Yeah but if you look suck.
0: at a movie like uh like 1917 if you didn't live in New York or LA that movie came out January like 20th everywhere sure, else sure in the sure country. sure sure
1: but i have but i have a spoiler alert for you as you said at the beginning of this podcast i do live in la
0: yeah but I it's been out, New- it's New been out LA. in one of those two cities i guarantee it because it is eligible for these awards so it had to have had a theatrical run okay i'm good um, i'm okay so okay, but that these, one I'm
1: really jazzed on.
0: Yeah, so these movies, Cyrano is one of them. These movies, to my knowledge, have not played in Philadelphia outside of maybe at the Philadelphia Film Festival, which I did not live here for. So that is Cyrano, Parallel Mothers, the new Pedro Moldavar movie.
1: Yeah, with, um, Pel- with Penelope, Cruz. Penelope Cruz.
0: Yeah. A Hero, which is the new Asgar Farhardi movie, which comes out this weekend uh, mm-hmm. in limited release.
1: We love Asgar.
0: Yeah. Um, the worst person in the world, which is a Norwegian film that will not be out. I believe it's not getting a release till February. Okay. Um, there's Such a movie that I think is in super limited release right now in Los Angeles called Jockey. That's an independent film starring Clifton Collins that is supposed to be good.
1: None of those words that you said, just none of them. Yeah. Um, in my brain.
0: Flea, which is an animated documentary. Starring I believe. Flea? Hmm?
1: It, is, it, is it a Red Hot Chili Peppers thing?
0: No, flee F L E E as in escape. Oh, I believe escape. it's about an escape from Afghanistan.
1: Oh, right, uh, right, right, okay.
0: Yeah, um, but that's supposed to be very good. And then we mentioned Cyrano. Uh The other one that I don't know what's going is that uh, Petite Maman, which is the uh, it's a new movie by um, what's her first name. Siamo who did Portrait of a Lady on Fire.
1: Oh, oh. Okay. And it's an hour
0: and it's like an hour and 15 minutes long.
1: Oh, God bless her. <laughs> yeah. God, God bless her. Yeah. God bless her. I knew that woman knew what's what.
0: And the other big movie that I have on my list, which I think was only playing in theaters while I was moving across the country and I can't figure out if or when it will be on even VOD, let alone streaming, is The Souvenir Part 2. Oh right. Um, I mean, I
1: because part one you did watch part one.
0: I did watch part one, and I like part one, and I'm excited to see part two. So those are all the ones that I feel like, particularly. You know, everyone knows I'm real far Hardy head. So a hero and the worst person in the world for me are like the two that I really wish I could have seen before we did this podcast. Because people
1: um, love the worst person in the world.
0: Yeah, but yeah. So those are all the ones that I will not mention at all, and. You know, we can get along to some of the other things. I'm sure there's some stuff on my list. I just generally watch so much that you have not gotten a chance to get to yet. So maybe Absolutely. we'll be able to discuss those then.
1: Okay, great. That's
0: um, do you want to start or you want me to start?
1: Um, no, I'll start. Um, okay. So, uh, again, the end here, these movies I know are going to get replaced, but I just haven't seen, you know, there's just not enough. There's just not enough. Yeah, You know what I'm saying? Not, not not enough time. Not enough time. I'm running out of time. Why do I write like I'm running out of time? I'm running out, just like Hamilton.
0: Yeah, <clears> exactly.
1: Um, so I put Luca as number 10, because I thought it was a great, uh, a beautiful uh, Pixar. It's Pixar, right?
0: It is Pixar, yeah. yeah. Pixar. it's the Disney had three big animated releases. Luca's the only Pixar release. The other yeah, two, and- Raya and Encanto are both. Disney animated, right. yeah.
1: And I watched Encanto this weekend, and it was very charming. But there were some problems with it. Um, and you know, Luca I have really I great. have
0: Encanto much I, and Ryan and the Last Dragon both much higher than Luca.
1: Really on my well, list, I've
0: got Luca at fifty four. I have Raya at twenty eight and Encanto at twenty three.
1: Well, Luca is a gay movie, right? It's it's and so you know it jumps higher for me.
0: Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, I anyway. see. Yeah.
1: I liked it. It was good. and Kanto was good, too. There was just some songs that were, like, <laughs> that were questionable. And then, some like, just some, like, holes in the, like, it just felt like it never, it doesn't matter. It, it you, was still very enjoyable.
0: Did you cry at the end? No. Oh, I cried at the end.
1: And I did cry at the end of Luca. Okay. Well, So there right. we
0: go. Um, number 10, I know you probably have higher up on your list, uh, so we won't talk much about it right now. But I have Licorice Pizza at number 10.
1: Yeah, correct. It, I do have it much higher. On my, um, on my
0: list. So we'll talk more about that when we get to it. I'll be honest, like there's a bunch of stuff like that's just out of my top ten that I probably could swap with Licorice Pizza. I'm kind of holding it at 10 because Phantom Thread, I originally had when I did my list in 2017 at seven. By yeah. the time of the Oscars, I wanted to win Best Picture, and by the time we did the best movie of the decade, I thought it was the best movie of the decade. So I feel yeah. like rewatching it, I'll get more from it. Those um, P.T.
1: Anderson movies—they creep on you. I, yeah. I'm excited to to. We just got a screen another. I mean, I saw it in theaters, but I'm just we just got a screener for it. I'm excited yeah. to rewatch it again. Um, okay, so again, guys, I just really enjoyed this experience, and partly uh-huh. I saw it in theaters, and uh, I cr- I cried at the end of this movie. <laughs> Don't judge me, and that's no time to die. I thought okay. it was really good. Yep, mm-hmm. James Bond, number nine. Mm-hmm. That was the first movie see. that I saw back from wherever. I cried at the end of this movie.
0: I'm trying to see where I have it on my list. It's, um... It is...
1: You like this movie. This is a good movie.
0: I enjoyed it. I just know Born it's... Ones of was great. I just know it's further down. I have it at 43. That's not so bad. Yeah, out of... I should say this is out of 110 movies on my list, so... So both, both those movies that you've listed, although I have, have much lower, they're still on the top half of the films I've seen this year. Mm-hmm. Great. So
1: de Armas, so fun. So that's yeah. such a fun little bit for her. Anyway, I like this movie. It's going to be
0: a huge year for Anna de Armas, and it all,
1: it all, all just apart. went away. Yeah.
0: yeah.
1: What is it? Deep she, water is not even happening? It's
0: going to be on streaming, it seems like. Mm. Blonde it's just i don't know what happened to that the Marilyn Monroe movie that right, she was yeah. making with Andrew Dominic um okay number 9 i have zola
1: okay i haven't seen zola and i i obviously know the thread the story yeah. and whatever which is which i really enjoyed i'm a little uncomfortable i'm a little worried talk about zola a little bit cuz i'm a little apprehensive it's a it's the story i get why it's so? I get why they made it into a movie, but it is dark. And yeah. Anyway, continue. Talk about talk about
0: this. So Zola is about a, a woman who befriends so uh Taylor. I'm going to get her last name wrong. Hold on, I'm going to look it up real quick. So
1: you want to hear a story about how me and this bitch fell out?
0: Exactly. So it's based. On, it is based on this Twitter thread. Um. So Taylor Page. So Taylor Page plays this character, the titular character of Zola, who works as a dancer as well as in a diner. And she meets this character played by Riley Keogh in a diner and basically goes with her to Florida to earn money. What she thinks is just like dancing down there and it all kind of like quickly gets completely out of control Um, i just think this has such like a cool style to it Um, and taylor page is great in it riley keogh is incredible in it and coleman domingo who plays uh who kind of turns out to be the villain of the piece is also really great in it um and nick braun our boy cousin greg from succession
1: Oh yeah, he's in it too. Uh, he's in it also. <laughs> yeah,
0: fantastic. Yeah, just yeah. a really, really strong cast. I actually think if this movie came out a little bit later in the year, Riley Keough and Coleman Domingo would be much more in the supporting actor uh, races uh, because I think they're both just like you kind of can't turn away when they're on screen. Um, mm-hmm. So I suggest people check this out. It's 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 on VOD. It's on iTunes. You know, you it's can, not going ups- it. to
1: Is it going to upset me?
0: I don't think so. Um, okay. it's, it's, it's told more as, I mean, it gets very dark, but it definitely has the tone of a dark comedy.
1: Yeah, over, I mean, it's hard because well, it's hard because the thread was funny too, but also not funny. Right. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? Do you know yeah. what I'm saying? Funny but not funny.
0: Yeah. I mean, there's definitely upsetting stuff that happens, but there's, a, there's definitely a comic touch to everything that never makes you get too upset, I would say. Okay.
1: All right. Zola.
0: So,
1: um, continuing the movies that are probably going to fall out of my top 10, but I really enjoyed this movie is, um, Val.
0: Okay. So
1: Val This is, is one I have not seen actually. Oh, really? Okay. So Val is like a, it's a documentary, uh, documentary style kind of, cause it's more like really just like footage that he's shot over the years of Val Kilmer. Yeah. And, um, I guess... As an actor and as a fan of a lot of movies that Val Kilmer has been in, that's really, like, I would say it really hit the sweet spot for me on, on those two levels because it was very, he's, so basically, if you don't know, Val Kilmer now has had, had, to, had to have throats, he had, like, throat cancer, or, mm-hmm. and so he had to have throat surgery, so he speaks with, like, the, you know, the, the thing in his, whatever, so it's all the one tone yeah so he can't really speak and he's they're not sure if he's going to regain use of his vocal cords, so he's kind of like looking back on his uh on his career and kind of like what it means if he can't be an actor anymore' cause, and like it's just very interesting his his whole story is very, very interesting because yeah. he he's a really interesting guy, and there's a um and he just took all this footage from like just over the past like thirty you know plus years of his career there is a scene where there is, he does have footage of Marlon Brando in a hammock on the set of uh, Ghost in the Dark... Not Ghost in the Darkness. Um, I'm
0: Island of Dr. Monroe. Oh, no, Island of Dr. Yeah. Monroe.
1: And um, uh, <laughs> he walks up to him and he goes... And so if, you, if you're interested, Marlon Brando just goes, just give it a push. Just give it a big, big shove. <laughs> and I was like, well,
0: this movie's great. Yeah.
1: Um, so anyway, you'd like it, Craig.
0: Yeah. I need to check it out. We, um, uh, our friend Clayton Davis, uh, had posted something about the chances of it getting into the cinematography awards at the Oscars. And I was like, I'd like to answer that question. No. No.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Definitely not. Yeah. Definitely not. But you know, but supporting actor, posthumous supporting actor for Marlon Brando going, give it a big, big
0: shove. Yeah. (laughs) Fingers crossed. (laughs) <laughs> um, number eight, I also know you have higher on your list, so I will just, so basically I have 25 films on my list that I consider four star movies are up. Um, this starting at eight, uh, all of these, all the rest I have is four and a half stars. I don't have a, a movie that I've listed at five stars, but at number eight, I have West Side Story. Um, but we will talk about that when we get higher up the list.
1: We're going to talk, that's the, the podcast is now called. West yeah. it? Side Story. It's not it's called. That's gotcha we'll our
0: it. 101st episode, a celebration of West Side Story. West Side Story. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Um, okay, so seven for me is a movie that we just we did just text about, and that is the Last Duel, which fucking rocked. This movie is good. I knew. I thought when I saw the trailer for it, I was like, "Do you have it higher?
0: I don't. I have it at 16. Okay. So okay. yeah, just outside. Trailer,
1: when I saw the trailer for it, I was like, um, "I'm gonna watch the shit out of this movie." And then yeah. it kind of came and went and i didn't think much of it and then people were on people online were like this movie's good and so we watched it and it's fucking super fun and yeah. um they should make more movies like this and jodie comer ruled and yeah. ben affleck ruled and i was like this is this is fun as hell anyway if it's it's a little long but if you are yeah. in the market for a especially it's so funny that he did house of gucci which mm-hmm. was should have been, should have been way more fun in my, right. like it was, it was okay. It was fun enough, I guess, but like yeah. it's, sh- it's so weird. Cause that was like not a well put together movie. And then this is not only very fun, but it is a very well put together movie. And
0: I, was I just thought House of Gucci, I think everybody that loves it has just convinced themselves that they were trying to make a campier movie than I think they actually were trying to
1: make. 1000%. It's not, they're not trying. The only, that's why watching it, I was like, Jared Leto is kind of the only person that got the assignment. Like, yeah. it, it was, he, cause his, I, as much as I, and this is well documented on this podcast, we're not big uh, Leto heads. No. No. But he, he, I was like, he's kind of nailing it because it's so over the top and insane. Right. And this movie is over the top and insane and written crazy. And yeah. it's very weird that it's, yeah, it, that, but again, th- the execution of it and the direction of it and the tone of it is, and everybody else in it is soup, is deadly serious. Yeah. So it's not that fun and it's also not very good.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. I like The Last Duel a lot too. Um, the Last Duel of The Last Duel in particular is pretty much the most brutal filmmaking that I can remember. It is
1: fuck. Um, but it for- feels real. It feels like they're so. It's it's so they're like lumbering around with all. Oh this yeah, I forgot that. You know,
0: Ridley Scott has definitely shot some of the like hardest to watch. Like one of maybe the number one on my list of hardest to watch things is in Black Hawk Down, where they the guy gets shot and it like goes through an artery and they're trying oh, to yeah. like nope. reach in to tie off the yeah, artery. Nope. Like nope. it's like the worst thing to watch ever. And there's some stuff in that, particularly in the last duel segment that. God, it's just so violent. Um, But yeah, Jodie Comer rules. You know, if I'm sure people are aware it's told in like a Rashomon style, so you get Adam Driver, Matt Damon, and Jodie Comer's version of the events um, leading up to the titular duel. Um, My personal favorite moment in that is there is a scene where they have to sort of reconcile at this party. And I love that when... Driver's telling the story, he's, like, the bigger man. And then when Damon's telling the story, he's the bigger man. And then when they show Jodie Comer's version, like, the, like, sentence that, like, is said that shows, like, this is the better man is said by, like, a tertiary character who just yeah. happens to be there. It's like, no, this is the person that actually said it. And it wasn't yeah. either of these idiots. Either like, of these
1: fucking toxic masculine bullshit dudes. Although Adam Driver's pretty hot. Uh, and Matt Damon's hair in this. whoof. Magoof. Yeah. Anyway.
0: Um, yeah, The Last Duel Rules. People should definitely check it out. Also now available on VOD. So, oh, Great. Um, at number seven, here's maybe a little bit of a surprise. I have In the Heights.
1: Yeah, I did not like this movie. This wouldn't be in my, in my tops. Yeah. It's so um, funny. That's so interesting to me that you have that higher than West Side Story.
0: You know what I think it is? Is I think for me they were equally as strong adaptations, but I think because In the Heights is not a tragedy – I have it one slot above, just because this year I was like, yeah, I'm happy going away feeling a little happier than West Side Story ultimately makes you feel, which is no fault on the filmmaking or anything like that. It's just a story. It's Romeo and Juliet. It's not going to be happy. Um, Also, like, we'll get into it, but I don't think I was upset with West Side Story, because even though I think he's fine in the movie, like, who cares if Ansel O'Gurk gets shot in the back? You know? Not me. Yeah,
1: not me. Well, maybe that's why it wasn't a tragedy for me.
0: Yeah.
1: Although, um, again, pretty hot.
0: Yeah. I um, talked about this, I think, when we talked about it way back when it first came out. Um, I just have a connection with this musical I saw it three times on Broadway. Like, right. it's just a musical that I really love. Um, I didn't love everything that they did in the movie. I thought, like, the new song wasn't very good. But um, for the most part, like, I don't know, it just made me happy. Maybe, you know, in a year that there were a, a ton of musicals, one of which we haven't even seen yet. Um I thought they were all, with the exception of our dear, dear Evan Hansen, uh, (laughs) really, really strong. Which, you know, when you look back at like 2005 when we got Rent and The Producers, which both like just were terrible adaptations of Mm -hmm. stage musicals, it was nice to see uh, the musical come back, even if they stopped making them because none of them made any money. So, Yeah.
1: Well, you guys, people had to go see, Larry Bates had to go see Spider-Man
0: three times. (laughs) Right. Yeah, well, actually, I mean, I like I have Spider-Man in my top twenty-five.
1: I haven't seen it, and I haven't seen. I don't think any. of, No, I guess I saw the first half of Homecoming, but then I fell asleep.
0: Mm. Yeah,
1: you know, I'm not really a Marvel head, but you know what? I am kind of a a head for
0: Dune, which
1: is number six. Wow, look
0: at that transition! I this is the one I have the lowest. I think really, I really like Dune. And, you know, I've said this when we talked about Dune, like, I feel like my thoughts on Dune will change a lot when I, in two years when we get the second part of the movie.
1: Yeah. well, um, the, well we, we said this when we were talking about it cause it's like a thing of like, um, uh, it felt like a setup for, yeah, the whole movie felt like a setup, yeah. um, which I totally get. I just, yeah. I, I liked whatever's coming next. I'm interested in, I liked the setup.
0: Yeah. And I yeah, love those certain,
1: sandworms. Give me, the, give, me, give me them sandworms.
0: You know, give me, you know, give me more Jason Momoa, you know? Really? I,
1: he does not, that's not.
0: not Just the same. character. It's not specifically. Yeah, he was fun, I guess. It's not Aquaman. Yeah. Give me more Charlotte Rampling in that box.
1: Yeah. Charlotte Rampling in that box is fun, fun. It's fun. It was, a, I, I enjoyed it. It's a little slow, obviously. Ooh, yeah. Oscar Isaac. Mm. Mm, mm, mm. What an interesting career that guy has. We should do an Oscar Isaac retrospective because yeah. he is very talented and just kind of does a sh- works a shit ton. Yeah, in a shit ton of different things. Wouldn't it be weird to be in Dune and Star Wars and then like scenes from A Marriage and the Card Counter and like.
0: Did you, so? Joan did you? Davis. Did, um, maybe this movie's higher on your list. Did you? Did you have the Card Counter on your list?
1: No, I did not.
0: I. I mean, I. I. I didn't really like it, like especially in uh, in comparison to First Reformed. First Reformed, yeah, um, yeah. It didn't I think make he's good in it. I think him and Tiffany Haddish have absolutely no chemistry whatsoever. Yeah, it's weird. and that People was seem very... to be the reviews. People seem to be like, "Wow, these two together," and I was like, it, it, "There's nothing there. Like, no. there's no there there."
1: People were very into Tiffany Haddish. They were like, "She steals the movie from him." I'm like, "No, she does not." Yeah. She is she she's it's very fun to see her do uh, something that's not Tiffany Haddish, and I think she's she's good. She's a good actor. She can do it. But right. it's like, "No, I'm sorry. No. She No. Oscar yeah. Isaac is, is very good in it. But it's um Yeah, it wasn't for me.
0: Yeah. I don't yeah. know what
1: else to say about it. It wasn't it it felt it felt clunky.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, my number six, I have Red Rocket.
1: Oh, I see, this is one I'm dying to see because of my boy, Sean Baker. Yeah.
0: So this is like the first, uh, Sean Baker movie that like, I feel like I bought into the hype of, um, you know, we talked about Florida Project a lot, which of course was your favorite movie of that year. Mm hmm. Um, Which didn't, which I thought was a good movie. It just didn't fully do it for me. Um, Tangerine, same thing. I didn't quite get the hype. This, the first like 15 minutes, I was like, God damn it. It's again. Like, why do people. And then I'll tell you, it was really just the Simon Rex of it all. He is so good in this. Is he really funny? He is so funny. He's so like, smarmy. Like, he's playing like a scumbag. Basically, the movie is about a guy who moves back to Texas city, which is outside of Houston, um, sort of like a refinery town who had been living in LA. He had been an adult film star for several years and now he has no money. And so he's moved back to where he grew up to be back with his ex-wife who he went to LA with. And they both were porn stars, but she had moved back far before. Um, and he basically like, be friends, be, like, praise on this 17-year-old girl who works at a donut shop. Um, he's just a total scumbag, but the movie is very funny and it's just really well made, even though the entire time you're like, this whole setup is, like, so gross, but, like, you,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you're just in because of him. He does, you know, Sean Baker does the thing he always does where he casts a couple people that are clearly not actors that he just likes to look of that at mm-hmm. times you're like... Maybe you should. Have okay, maybe actor. if you could have just gotten an actor. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I really dug it. I think it's really funny. Um, definitely something people should check out.
1: I am very. Uh, I'm very jazzed about that one. That one, and I'm. I don't know if it's going to be in your top ten, but Mass are the two that I'm like that I haven't seen. Mass actually finished
0: at number twelve, so just outside. Okay. Yeah, just outside.
1: Okay. Yeah. I'm. am psyched about that. That's yeah. it's gonna be great. Um, okay. Uh oh, number five is another documentary. you know I love documentaries uh and you know what else I love is stories about climbing and everest and shit this isn't doesn 't have everest in it, but it 's the alpinist mm-hmm. um which I also saw in theaters it's uh This is just again sort of in the same way Val was this is just like a very in, or in the same way in the heights is for you this is a a real obsession of mine this is fucking people climbing Everest and or people climbing, you know, like people just climbing the world's tallest mountains. I don't right. get it. It seems like a fucking nightmare. I literally can't think of anything I would less rather do, and so I'm totally obsessed with watching stories about them and this is a very interesting thing. I don't think it's as good as free solo. It's yeah. The same And we talked
0: a little bit about this he the, we did. the climber that in the alpinist that they're kind of following, he's not, uh, he's not as interested as being on film. And all, most Hummel, of the stuff yeah. is more, um, a lot of it is more archival footage that he has of himself. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, he, it's not quite as like in the moment as Free Solo.
1: Yeah. But there's um, a few things that are, there's a few moments that are tense. Yeah. And, and uh, I enjoyed it.
0: Anyway. Yeah, it's a it's a good movie. I think uh I think it's actually on Netflix now. Um obviously if you find some theater that's randomly re-showing the Alpinist, it's a, definitely a movie to check out in a theater just because yeah. of the scope of what he's doing. But uh if not it is a good story and yeah, you can check it You'll out. Enjoy. It. Yeah. Check it out on Netflix. Um, my number five is Shiva Baby, which I've, I won't spend a ton of time with because it was my number one for a lot of the year. So I mentioned it a bunch on this podcast. Uh, yeah, just similar uh, for me to like an Uncut Gems-esque movie where it's like it's not particularly a comfortable watch because it's very anxiety-ridden. But, uh, yeah, I thought it was just super well-made. And, you know, anytime someone makes a Gallatin joke for us NYU uh, alums, you know, school
1: of individualized uh, study, immediately
0: love it. So yeah, Shiva baby.
1: I like Shiva baby. Yeah. I like it, Shiva baby. That, that, that's, that's a good pick. Uh, number four is a movie that I saw last night is the power of the dog.
0: I also have the power of the dog at number four.
1: Shut your mouth.
0: Can yeah. you believe it?
1: Um, great. It was fucking great. It zigged when you thought it was going to zag. And Jane Campion is one of our best man. She yeah. is because it's a it's it's a slow movie, yes. but it's not boring because no. of how she shoots it. Is so it's such a. I mean, again, I love Top of the Lake so much. It just reminds me of just like these. She just has really interesting characters and just shoots them in very interesting ways. And um, I really I really enjoyed this movie quite a bit. And I'm so pumped to see Kristen. Uh, Kirsten Dunst uh, back in the mix.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, this movie, um, I thought the first hour was a little slow, but it's more than made up for by the second hour, which yeah. is uh, incredible. Um, yeah, it's just like a really good movie. Um, Guess how old Kirsten Dunst is, by the way. How old do you think she is? She's like 40. She's like a couple years older than us, right?
1: Okay, yeah, good job. She was. Th- she's 39. Maddie was like, oh, yeah. she's 45. She. He thought she was... She was older than that, because I think just because of, right, by virtue of that she's nothing with uh, nothing bad. She just looks. Just, she's been around. She's just forever. been. Sorry, she's been around for
0: so so long. Yeah, yeah, kind of wild. Um, what do we think well, of Benedict Cumberbatch?
1: I don't care for him. I generally do, well. Here's the thing. I I I feel like he actually is a. I think he's good.
0: Yeah.
1: I feel like he takes himself very seriously. Mm-hmm. And so it, it, I, he, it feels like he's somebody I would not want to be friends with.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, cause he takes himself very seriously. I don't know. He was good. I just I also like, think
0: this is probably this, I like, I never watched Sherlock. Like I know people live and die by that show, but, um, this is probably the best I've ever seen him, but I still, to me, it's not like he should be winning. Every critic's prize no. performance.
1: You know it's funny too because I watching it, it's like, like he and Jesse Plemons are brothers. And uh-huh. again, Jesse he has a way bigger role, obviously right. than Jesse Plemons. But like, it just seemed like it. It just seemed like he it, Jesse Plemons is so much more effortless.
0: There's also something that I just don't buy about Benedict. Cump. Like, you know what the thing I didn't believe the most about the character? What? Like that he. Didn't bathe. Oh my I was God. like
1: a hundred percent.
0: Like it's sort of like a major moment in the film. It's like yeah, Jesse Plemons character has to tell him, you know, you're. We have these people coming to dinner. You need to take a bath. Mm-hmm. And like I was like, I don't believe Benedict Cumberbatch has ever smelled bad for a day in his life.
1: <laughs> no, completely agree. Oh. Completely agree. Maybe that's because again. I, we know him as being very, like, he plays a lot of foppish roles. Like, yeah. he's he's very British, like, he is very British and whatever. Yeah. I mean, but look at that name. Look at that name, Benedict Cumberbatch. But I do feel like he, in this movie, I think he's very good, but maybe that's why I say, like, it seems more pushed because yeah. he seems like he's playing at being a cowboy as opposed to just, like, you know?
0: That name, did you ever see Eddie Izzard had a stand up routine? where she would do stuff about um, Engelbert Humperdinck and how right. it just sounds like a made-up British name.
1: Right. Because
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um, it does. Yeah, and I feel like this was before anyone knew who Benedict Cumberbatch was, but I feel like they could have just put that name in the stand-up routine. People would have been like, ha, 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 yeah, that's <laughs> a fake
1: name. Benedict Cumberbatch. <sighs> yeah, you're right. It's very it's very Humperdinck. Yeah. Humperdinck, Humperdinck,
0: Humperdinck. Um, Power of Dog is excellent again on Netflix uh definitely people should check that out it's going to be Do you be, think that
1: kid's going to get nominated?
0: He's been winning a ton of stuff. I think he's going to he's definitely going to get nominated and he's I think he's the front runner. Yeah. Right now.
1: Okay. He's good.
0: I really yeah. liked him. Um we'll talk about this movie again cuz it's almost definitely going to be in the Oscar mm-hmm. picture uh nominations wise, so For sure. But she got a number 3.
1: At number 3, I have Okay. (laughs) Okay. And this is, I feel very strongly about this. Number three, I have Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar. This movie fucking made me laugh so hard. I think, again, comedies don't really get their due. And I put it off, watch, I think I talked about this on the podcast, but I put off watching it for a long time because as much as I I love, as much as I like Kristen Wiig, that, that character, that like, like midwestern mom thing, the a lot of the characters that she did in like later her later SNL years like wore very thin for me. That was, uh-huh. just doing that accent is not target. A joke. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's that's not a joke, really. Yeah. Um, but the jokes in this movie are plentiful and they're really, really fucking funny and like absurd, sort of and. And just the Trish segment alone, you should watch this movie for, just for when they're doing Trish. Uh, and if you've seen it, you know what I'm talking about. And it just really made me laugh. I had to keep pausing it to, I watched it on the plane and I had to keep pausing it to have Maddie watch these jokes. And then finally he was like, I'm going to watch this whole fucking movie. <laughs> and it was very enjoyable. I love it. Marvin Starr, go Um...
0: Well, I've said on this podcast before, I broke Kate, our, our friend Kate Weber's heart um, that I don't really like this movie. I also don't even have this movie on my list because this, this movie of almost any movie falls very weirdly in the 2021 movie spectrum because it was released in February. Right. So it actually was Oscar eligible last year. However, because of when it was released, which was basically the very end of February, like it's nominated for a Golden Globe Award this year. Because it came out too late to be considered by the Golden Globes last year, but not by the Oscars. So I consider it a 2020 film um, just because I basically went through Oscar eligibility, like so through the end of February. Um, so I don't have it on my list, but it would not be in my top 10. Um, maybe I'll revisit it one day. Didn't do it for me, but I'm glad it tickled your funny bone.
1: Really, really made me tee-hee pretty hard.
0: Uh, my number three is The Humans. Um it's a Stephen Care movie based on his uh Tony Award-winning play. Um really just uh just a small family study, basically a family in a crummy New York apartment at Thanksgiving. Um you know it's Richard Jenkins and Jane Howdyshaw are the parents Amy Schumer and Beanie Feldstein are their daughters and then uh Steven Yoon plays Beanie Feldstein's boyfriend uh they just moved in together uh it's just this um kind of pairs pretty well with Shiva Baby and a similar like we're all stuck in a house and it's very uh sort of like it's it's horror but the horror of other people um L'en and fair, just,
1: c'est les autres
0: yeah, it's sure, exactly. Um, but, like, in a very banal that means way. hell
1: is other people.
0: Oh, sorry, sorry, Right. That's some sound. Yeah. Continue. Sorry. Um, yeah, just excellent performances. Uh, it's available on Showtime. I think people should check it out. I also think that they do enough with it that it does not... I think I've mentioned this in talking about the humans before. Like, we've talked about how one of your problems a lot of times with play adaptations is that it's not... Uh, Enough. It's too stagey. It's very and I static. Think, I do think the way they use uh, the the camera work and everything this kind of takes it out of that room and makes it yeah. more film. Kind of my so, problem
1: that one of the problems that I have within the Heights too is I felt like it was very static, especially mm-hmm. compared to West Side Story. But okay, yeah. number two, Licorice Pizza. Okay, let's talk um, about it. I uh, I really like this mode this Paul Thomas Anderson mode basically, and I should also say up top, big Heimhead. I'm, yeah. I'm saying head too much, but I do yeah. love him and I've yeah. seen them a bunch. Um, uh, um, it's a, it's a, I like, it. I, I really like, it feels very personal. feels very uh-huh. Valley, which I like. Um, I also live in Los Angeles. It's a very LA movie. I lived in the Valley. So. You lived in the Valley. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm hmm. So you got it. Um, I think Alanaheim was great. Mm-hmm. I love Philip Seymour Hoffman's kid. Cooper. Uh, Cooper. Yeah, I mean, again, it's that thing of, like, he does a lot of, um, there, there's, besides the two of them, a lot of other people kind of come and go, and the yeah. the, the those little interstitials are always really fun. Um, I don't know. What do you think?
0: Yeah, I liked it a lot, but I think I didn't like it as much as I wanted to like it, which is not... You know, that's just a fault of, like, you go in with, like, obviously, like, huge expectations. Like, mm-hmm. some of his move like, I think on this podcast we've talked about three of his movies, which we said were the best movie of the year. I think Joey said Magnolia was the best movie of 2000. So if you include that, like, obviously a lot of his stuff is way up there for us. And I like this. I think I did at times feel a little uncomfortable with the story. Um, because in opposition to Red Rocket, where we're watching this like situation, we're supposed to be like realize like this guy's a scumbag, and like it feels like we're never supposed to really judge the Alana character for being a twenty five year old who starts to date a fifteen year old boy.
1: That is weird. Um, <laughs> That is weird. That is weird.
0: And honestly, it, it didn't get... I was fine with it for most of the story, and then the way that this, the movie sort of resolves itself is what made it uncomfortable for me.
1: Oh, I really enjoyed... I really enjoyed that, but... I really enjoyed that. But I guess, yeah. ma- again, I think part of the reason why I was able to, like, sort of let it go was because... And, again, is just because he didn't... Sh- like they didn't show Cooper Seymour Hoffman's character going to school or like they didn't make the, like if you didn't know and you kind of didn't know, like all you knew that was like, you only found out later the, like you knew she was older, but didn't know how much older, like in my mind, like in the first opening scene, it almost was like she was a senior.
0: Oh yeah. Sort of like, like, well, so and we, the other thing is their age in real life is, like, I think Cooper's 17 and she's, like, 23. Yeah. Like, so they aged both of them up mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. aged her down and him up. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you're just watching it, I don't think it says it doesn't stand out in the same way. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, until they I, kind I, of start talking about it. But it is... It's almost like we're supposed to be like, well, it's the mid seventies, so it's okay. And it's like, well,
1: (laughs) Well, that's kind of weird. It is kind of weird for sure. It is kind of weird. But again, I think a lot of the like, yes, their their relationship is the through line of the movie. But a lot of like the it's because it's PTA. It's like all these set kind of set pieces through like going throughout. So like the the Bradley Cooper stuff, and when they go to his house, and uh, there's a scene where she has to drive this truck backwards down this hill because they don't have any gas is such a that's such a well done i mean again he's just such a good filmmaker it's such a a tense you know scene and such a well done movie and there's some really funny parts of it too um
0: yeah Yeah, i definitely enjoyed it i i really look forward to watching it again i'm interested
1: in watching it again
0: yeah um i think he uh cooper hoffman is very good i think alana Haim is great in it yeah um so yeah, I look forward to checking it out again. I think it's so funny they just used the entire Heim family, Heim family. including the parents. Like,
1: Alana yes. <laughs> Heim, um, kind of a kind of kind of a star. Although you know what, I would also like to see an Esty focused vehicle too, because I I think she's
0: she's fun. Well, send a letter to PTA. Maybe you can now can make do a, like a little with, now make a movie
1: with Esty. Yeah, Danielle's fine. Danielle is is main, Heim, main singing Heim, so she can just just keep singing
0: right anyway um my number two again i won't talk a ton about because uh, i've talked about it a bunch on the podcast is nine days uh which um as i have mentioned before it's a film about winston duke plays a character in sort of a uh a middle ground between earth and the you know whatever we are before who's going through and basically choosing someone to be born um and then kind of watches these people um yeah just a a movie that i liked as i was watching and then was just completely overwhelmed with it by the end um and i think winston duke winston duke and simon rex for me give the two best male performances of the year that will almost certainly not be recognized by anyone outside of like, Simon Rex spent like, L.A. film critics gave him best actor, and so some film critic groups, but um, they're by far my two favorite male performances of the year, and they're not going to show up at the Oscars at all, so. Yeah, for sure. Um, for sure. But yeah, a lot of good performances in that movie, um, which means I know what your number one is, Mego.
1: Number one, WSS, West Side Story. <laughs>
0: oh, you were doing the,
1: you are trying to do the jet yeah,
0: thing? Yeah, better. yeah.
1: Uh, I don't know. It's so. Uh, what can I say about this movie that's not already been said? I will say this. I was thinking about this. We did this on. We so we did the when we did 1961, right? Mm-hmm. Or ni- whatever. We talked about um, OG West Side Story, and yeah. I was not a big fan. I actually. I think what I what I realized is I don't love. And maybe this is because of the tragedy of it. I, yeah. I, the, the, it ends so sad. Um and also the music is fine. I mean America is a banger obviously. Right. But I'm not like I don't think tonight tonight is is right. the most beautiful, you know what I mean? Yeah. I prefer the the uh The Smashing Pumpkins tonight tonight, you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah. Um but uh I'm I was not a huge fan of that. This movie is fucking gorgeous. It's just so dynamic. It's yeah. just like, it's very like, it's looks absolutely stunning. The lighting is beautiful. It looks like a, it, it, like a dream. It, 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 the way he's shot it, his makes it kind of look like a dream. And um, with the lens flares and the colors and this and that. And, uh, you know, I don't know this, it ended and I was like, wow, you know, it's very boring, but Steven Spielberg is uh, good. He's yeah, good. He's a
0: good director. Yeah, he's a really good who'd director. Have, who'd have thunk?
1: Who'd have thought it? And the um, girl that plays Anita, well, my two—I think my the, my two breakouts from were Anita and Riff. Yeah, the girl that plays Anita and the guy that plays Riff. Ariana
0: DeBose and Mike Feist.
1: Yes, great job. And I just stuff like you know, like I think "Keep It Cool, Boy" is such a dumb like song generally like in the whatever and i thought what they did with this was incredible i was like that was like one of the best sequences
0: um
1: Ansel algort
0: he's fine he's he's actually was better than i expected him to be i don't like him i think he's very boring in general uh that doesn't even get into his possible uh personal uh life um and assault allegations and stuff like that but um yeah, I just don't like him as a film star. He's not interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he's probably the least interesting person in this movie as well. Yeah, um, but Tony,
1: but but both of them are, I mean, I really liked the girl that plays Maria. Yeah. And again, he, he made some choices, or he, Tony Kushner made some choices where, that gave her a little bit more agency, which I yeah. thought was fucking great. Um, also, he, another thing that I really loved about this movie is there's a lot of Spanish and mm-hmm. he chose not to subtitle it. Yeah. Because you don't fucking need it. If you don't speak Spanish, you don't. First of all, you're gonna get it. Yeah. But you don't. You know what I mean? You're out of luck. Um, I just thought it was just so well. It just was so well done, and so it just jumped off the screen.
0: Yeah, it was just beautiful. Um, I think it really does improve on the improve on the original in a lot of ways. I mean, obviously, the biggest thing is like just the representation of it that we don't have. You know, half the cast. that's just white people uh, mm-hmm. in brown face, That's uh, important. Um, but also, you know what I loved about this is the way that they, you know, they use parts of the Robbins choreography. It is new choreography as well. And in particular, the way they made it so much more violent. Like it's yeah. still all danced, but it's not you know, kind of what became like a almost comical, like parodied thing mm-hmm. with, with dancing where it's like, yes, but there is like violence there. Yeah. And I actually think for me, the most uh, upsetting moment of the movie is not at the end, but is definitely, well, a, it's the attempted rape of Anita, yeah, which is, is really very difficult to watch. Yeah. Um, which is,
1: which is like, Basically happens in the first one too, but it's so yeah. watered down, right? It's Which so is upsetting. also
0: probably just sixty years ago. They were like, we can't really do this. So yeah. like, but
1: also, what a brilliant fucking idea! The, the the part that you were like that it got really real is when those they were girls. Remember the the yeah. the, the Jets girls were in there and they threw them out of the thing. Yeah, and they were, and that girl banging on the door, so upsetting. But yeah. such a such a way way to telegraph like what was happening.
0: But also the big fight at the salt, like field with uh where bernardo and with um meet the sorry spoiler alert for really a 60 year old movie um and a 500 year old -old play (laughs) (laughs) yeah um but uh i thought that was really well shot and that shot of just the two of them when the police come in and everybody else has scattered i think is incredible and i incredible they this has been said in other places but also like I think what Kushner did with the Chino role to make it like an actual role so we care about it at the end because Paris is a role in Romeo and Juliet and Chino is not really in the first movie at all. Like, he just kind of shows up to kill Tony at the end, so.
1: Yeah, but you understand why he... And again, and also, like, you see the cops come for him at the end, too, which is another interesting thing. And I just thought also, like, Officer Krupke is... It never worked for me in the original. Uh-huh. It's just it again it feel i felt very it just feels flat and like, look, we're being funny or whatever yeah the in first of all, it's staged so well when they do it here, and it's so sad, like you yeah. sort like it gave it gives some sort of like humanity to these white kids yeah. who are little shits, but then you're like, well, I get it sort They're of they are like bringing
0: up key. It has not been great.
1: Has not been great. It's yeah. been not great. And just the way he sh- the way he's shot it, I mean, I never really understood you don't really West Side story, you're like West Side. I mean, obviously it's New York, it's the West Side of New York, but like right. the the opening is um, they're just t- tearing apart this neighborhood, yeah. you know, to put up Lincoln, Lincoln Center. Center and and, you know, luxury apartments and it is uh it's devastating. Yeah. To, it's devastating to both communities. It's yeah. just such a, it, the choices that they made, it's, again, it's been said before, like, who, what, did we need an update of West Side Story? And I think the answer is yes. Yeah. They made some really good choices.
0: Yeah. Um, I have a new number one.
1: Oh, you do? Oh, my God, I can't wait.
0: It's The Lost Daughter. Oh. So Olivia Maggie Coleman. Gyllenhaal, directorial debut. Wow. Of the Elena Ferrante novel starring Olivia Coleman, who I think you could, like, pick who the worst director in the world is. Like, someone you think is constantly just does bad films. I think if you put Olivia Coleman and Daniel Kaluuya in their movie... <laughs> You could not, like, there's no way it could be bad.
1: It's not gonna be a like, bad. Like, they're
0: like the two people right now that I feel like anytime I go to see a film, like, I know they're going to be above excellent in it. So, you're and telling me is,
1: Terrence Malick makes a movie with Olivia Coleman.
0: Well, in- the problem is he probably ends up shooting with them each for three months and then leaves them on the cutting room floor. <laughs> um, but uh, this movie is great, um, it's really acidic. Um, she is so amazing in it. Jesse Buckley plays a younger version of herself in flashbacks. Uh, she's terrific in it. Um, yeah, everyone's, everyone is great. But Olivia Coleman is just, I mean, she is not going to win best actress. Like they're going to give it to either Nicole Kidman or Kristen Stewart, who, Mm -hmm. did you see being the Ricardos? I did. That movie is
1: not good. It's not good. It honestly,
0: it does get better. Like the, so Uh, my wife loves I Love Lucy. It's like one of her favorite shows. And I was like, do you want to watch this? I feel like this is something that you very much would want to watch or absolutely will not want to watch. And she was like, we can try it. And we got about eight minutes in, and she was like, I do not want to watch this. And I was like, okay, I understand. So I watched the rest of it the next day. And I think eventually, I don't think the rest of the movie is terrible, but I don't know why they made it. Like, there doesn't seem to be any point to it being on screen at all. Um, I was like, anyway, oh, cool, but, we're
1: going to learn that Lucy was a communist, but no, she wasn't.
0: Yeah. But it just seems like, you know, and like I didn't love Spencer. I thought Kristen Stewart was good in it.
1: Yeah. Although I couldn't hear, I think we talked, I don't know if we talked about this. I couldn't, yeah, we did. I yeah. I couldn't hear her a lot. It was a lot. Right. I, I know she likes to whisper act, and yeah. I think she's good. Yeah. But I'm like, I just wish she would just announce put a cork in your mouth, you right. know? <laughs> Ooh, ho, ho, do that. But um, it's just going to be one of
0: those things that Olivia Coleman, I think will be nominated. She wasn't nominated for a Golden Globe, even though Maggie Gyllenhaal was nominated for Best Direction. Um, and it's clearly going to be she's better than them. And it's yeah. just going to be like, well, we can't give it to her again. We again. Gave, her, her, gave it to yeah. her two years ago. Yeah. Although, you know, we gave Frances McDormand back-to-back Oscars, basically.
1: And we nominated um, – they nominated her last year, too.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, She's just so good in it. It's on Netflix now. It came out, I think, two days ago on Netflix. Um,
1: so funny. What an interesting career she's had to start yeah. off with, like, in, you know, British, com- like, weird British comedy stuff. And then... Yeah.
0: And still, I haven't watched the HBO show at all, but she's still, like, you know, her and David Thewlis are on Landscapers or whatever. Right. She's just constantly working. And you know what? Knocking it out of the park every single time. Every She's just so good. Every single
1: time. Well, that's on my. Uh, then that that will be the next. That will be the next one that yeah. I will do for sure. Yeah, being the Ricardo's. Sorry, I don't want to take away from uh, Lost Daughter, which I'm really psyched about. But being yeah. the Ricardo's is not
0: good. No,
1: I, I was thinking on the phone, about it. J. Edgar Hoover.
0: <laughs> I was thinking about. It. I don't think that. Uh, It is going to anymore, although—so it has an outside chance of being in this top 10 Best Picture nominees. And I was kind of looking at it, and I was like, if it gets nominated, I think it's the worst Best Picture nominee since Bohemian Rhapsody.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm not—I don't disagree with you. Hey, have you seen um, Belfast yet? I did, Okay, because that's my that's my pick for I think we talked about this. I th- yeah, I feel like that is the pick for to win Best Picture because it feels like such a crowd pleaser. Yeah, everybody loves Kenneth Branagh. It
0: it seems it seems to me that top three right now are Belfast, West Side Story, and Power of the Dog. I'd be pretty surprised if one of those three doesn't win. Mm-hmm. Seems like Power of the Dog is like the critic favorite. Um, Belfast is more, you know like feel good movie and then west side story i think a lot of it is like you know this this master of the form like kind of making his best movie in years and it's a movie that we all thought we didn't need and he somehow like made it work
1: yeah
0: um but those are the three that i think have a realistic shot of winning best picture yeah right now if i had to guess um but yeah i think belfast is good i mean it's it's pretty formulaic it is very much you saw it?
1: No, I haven't seen
0: nope. it. I mean it's it's like it's Roma in Ireland but not as rending, you yeah, know. Not like, as
1: well, not as beautifully shot.
0: Yeah. Um Oh but I'll it's like, it. I, but know it's, like, like it. I had it at number eleven on this list right now. Like I think okay. it's a really good movie. But um yeah, it's yeah. I mean I don't have anything bad to say about it. The performances are really good. Um
1: well, Belfast it's going be interesting good. to see what happens. Yeah. We'll be back with these. We'll talk, I'm sure, more about them
0: yeah. in the coming the, months. The other movie that I... A couple movies that I just recently saw, which are both in my top 20, that I think people should check out, are Benedetta.
1: Oh, the yeah. The Carver Hoven movie. Yeah. Well, which well, Anthony which, was talking about that. He loved that. Yeah, Benedetta. it
0: pairs really well with The Last Duel, actually, because uh, okay. it's sort of similar time period stuff. Um, and I saw I saw The Tragedy of Macbeth yesterday. Oh, right. Um, which that's
1: been reviews on that are mixed.
0: It doesn't. F- I don't think it fully worked. I think Denzel is really terrific in it and exciting. And the particularly the scenes. So they use one woman. This woman, Catherine Hunter, as the Weird Sisters. Just and she's one like, woman. Yeah, but she's like a contortionist. And the particularly the first scene between her and Macbeth and Banquo. Is gorgeous. Like some of the best filmmaking of the year, the way they shoot it, I think. Um, I like, I mean, I really like
1: the play, so I'm excited to. Yeah,
0: also, Uh I think it's crazy in a year that every single movie is like two hours and 15 minutes to two hours and 45 minutes long, that the Shakespeare adaptation is one hour and 42 minutes or something like that.
1: Guys, nothing (laughs) needs to be longer than two hours. How many times do we have to tell you this? Yeah. Or I guess The Godfather. Yeah.
0: Those, are
1: the, those two. are the two.
0: Yeah, that's it. Um, well, that's it. So that's our top tens. You know, like we said, we'll we'll probably when we do our Oscar episode, we'll bring back these, and then we'll probably talk a little bit about maybe some of the, the films Megan hasn't had a chance to catch up on, and some of those ones that neither of us have seen yet. Um, as we're they gonna come talk through. about Cyrano,
1: unless what if Cyrano sucks? It could, God, be, bad. Be, it could, could be, be bad. It could be the movie's
0: bad, and just he's good in it.
1: Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Did you know? I found this out uh, yesterday. Dinklage's wife wrote the screenplay.
0: Yes. I think I did know that. She I first became aware of her because she did the musical version of Debbie Does Dallas. She was the director of it. Interesting. Yeah. That was our freshman year, I think a freshman year of yeah. College. college.
1: Yeah. Interesting. Well yeah. what what a time. Twenty twenty one. What a time to have been alive and yeah. to have survived, unlike Betty White. Uh, mm. and then and made it to twenty twenty two.
0: We did it. We hope all of you made it too. You, you guess you won't if you're not listening. You didn't. And we'll miss you, particularly for those you know numbers. But, um, Megan, do you have anything you want to plug?
1: No, no. I just drank a lot of tea, so I got to pee.
0: Okay, great. Uh, you can follow us, uh, <laughs> at the Oscars Should, on Twitter at the Oscars Should Have Gone To on Facebook or Instagram. Uh, if you like what you listen to, as always, please rate and review us anywhere you get your podcasts. Uh, we will be back uh, in you know two or three weeks talking. I think Best Actor, Best Actress, two thousand eight. Uh, before we dive back into uh, one of those couple years of the nineteen fifties we have left. So thank you so much for listening. Happy New Year. Happy New we'll, Year. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.